Welcome to The Last Word on the Crosstalk Messages podcast. Every week we take a last look at the message from the most recent Crosstalk. Enjoy this short conversation and stay tuned for the full message directly after. Welcome to The Last Word. My name is JD and today I have with me Paulina. It is Friday, April 23rd and last night Paulina took the stage and she taught us about how we are called last night and really, really what struck me as she began talking was that she talked about how God's heart for us is holistic. He wants all of our heart to be transformed. And so following God is a both and it's not a seesaw. And Paulina made the analogy that it's like skiing with two things going uh, parallel with one another (laughs) down the course of life. And so, um, Paulina, I just wanted to start out by asking you, um, why do you think we seesaw in our lives? And more practically, how do we find balance so that we stop the seesawing Mm. back and forth? You know, thinking about that, I think that honestly, it has to do with what we're dealing with and maybe even seasonal and some of the things, the ways we've been trained, maybe our church upbringing. I know for me, it was really hard to train not the not doing the seesaw, but for me, it was prioritizing actions and the outer things and and really trying to control people's perspective of me and just control things, I think really was like my outer self instead of addressing, knowing there was for me a world of hurt and confusing things internally and not knowing that God really wanted that part. And so I think depending on our personalities and seasons and things that we go through, I think we can resort to one or the other versus letting both grow in God. And I could see how, yeah, different personalities would do the opposite and kind of only focus on what's internal and not uh, actually, you know, which I can do too, but do something on the outward in the actions. Absolutely. And and as I think about it, it takes a lot of discipline too. And discipline usually comes with time. When we're new at something, we mm-hmm. swing from one end to the other yeah, without being reminded that the balance is someplace in the middle. And you talked about last night about the four ways that we are called to live our life and really find that balance there in the middle. And that is with belief and action. That's a life of faith and a life of action. Then you mm-hmm. talked about heart and action. You talked about devotion and awareness mm-hmm. of about devoted time to God, but also developing a constant awareness of the mm-hmm. presence of God and how prayer is the engine that fuels our calling in that way. And then you talked about finally our inner life and our outer life and how our inner life and our outer life validate one another. And so you asked a really valuable question there in talking about those. And you said that, do people know what I believe by the way that I follow. And that really struck me as a very foundational piece of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And so I really just wanted to ask you, what are some practical ways to put that question into action in our life? Yeah, for me, I think I can think of a time during college for me where God really started to teach me that. And I have great friends that aren't believers. And I realized with some of them, God kind of put posed the same question in my head about, you know, if they knew what you believed, would they, like in the big things and the little things, would they be confused? And I realized, honestly, at that time, I think some of my friends would have been 
like so confused and heartbroken and just kind of way off guard because I'd been just trying to manage people's perception and trying to people please. And so I think practically first, it was just letting God into that, which is always feels like a good first step is just being honest and praying that with God and just realizing that I don't want to be false. I don't want to be, you know, this type of person with my church friends and this type of person with other friends and, you know, kind of just molding with the people that I'm around. And so for me, it just started with letting, like talking to God about that and knowing that my fleshly desire was still to people please, but I knew that I wanted to do better and kind of asking God to help with that. And then just practically, it honestly took every time I walked and still walk into situations where I know that maybe there are some differences or people aren't believers or followers that I'm around. I think just going in and mentally sacrificing that I am different, that I'm not going to be able to fall into all the things and the situations that I maybe just instinctually want to because I want to be loved and spend time with people I care about. So for me, it was just mentally letting God in and then honestly just being willing to sacrifice and say, you know, I'm not going to be able to do all the things and that this group is wanting to do because it's not good. And I know that God has better. Absolutely. I, I am not a naturally self-reflective person. Mm-hmm. I'm a very future oriented person. So I rarely in my own life have the desire to look back at things that have happened. And for me, it has been a huge discipline to do exactly like what you were talking about, where I am self-reflective and I invite God into those spaces in my life. And I have literally had to create time on my calendar Mm -hmm. to do so for myself, because I know that I won't do it any other way. We don't like to look back at our failures. We don't look like to look back at our struggles. And really, we all have areas of our lives that we don't want to give over to God. And so it's a big Mm -hmm. deal for us when we take that step into letting God into all areas of our life and being okay with being different Yeah, when God actually changes our desires and begins to mold us into more of his image. Last night, you didn't bring up the James passage on faith and works. Mm -hmm. You didn't. And I really appreciated that, if I'm being perfectly honest, because that passage so often kind of gets beaten into our brains. If we've been in the church for any amount of time, it's used all the time. And so our pers- your perspective last night was really refreshing for me to hear, to hear a perspective on how do we balance faith and works that doesn't just revolve around the same scripture that it always revolves around. And so I was just curious what you learned this past week as you broadened out your study of the tension that we see between faith and works beyond the book of James. Yeah, it really was hard to not go there because, and it is, it's a great explanation of this, but it is just in our humanness, it's overheard. And so we kind of can check out. I know I can. And for me, I really struggled, honestly, with the heart part of this personally. Like even before I went up on stage, I just had to have a time with God during worship where I asked for forgiveness in all the ways that I really don't do this. And I still have the temptation to just want to do 
kind of not give all God all of it. Or honestly, for me, where I landed personally is that I still have things that my heart knows that God has better. And even like my heart knows that God wants me to go there and to give everything to him. And yet my actions still are just falling behind. And in some areas, I think I can do have done the opposite just this year of just doing actions and kind of hoping that my heart will catch on and I'll eventually want those things, you know, instead of letting God have both. And so for me, that's, it really is, it feels very relevant, but it is for all of us at all times to always be working to have those skis work together. And so that's my takeaway this week. Hmm. Well, I just wanted to give you a chance to even just piggyback on that a little bit. It is the last word after all. And so I wanted you to give you a chance to wrap up with anything else that you would like to add, uh, something for us to be thinking about as we go throughout our week this week. Um, I think I would just add that to kind of continue that idea that God really is trustworthy and he wants us holistically, not because he wants to rip the rug out from under us or because he wants to show us his dominance, but he wants us because it is the best way for us to live. And it is the most satisfying, fulfilling way is to give him both, to give him everything in our inner lives, everything in our outer lives, and to just watch what he does to transform. I think it can all feel scary in different seasons for me, it can feel scary, like just feels like a lot to give God everything. And am I really going to trust and not take things into my own hands? And I think what I'm learning right now is that you just take that one little step and you see that God is trustworthy. And so the next step feels a little bit easier. And then the next step feels easier. And then we can look back and as we are self-reflecting, we can see that God really has been faithful and he'll be faithful to carry us all into all the secondary ways that we're called and all the little things that God's going to just put in our path as we go. That is a good last word. Thank you so much, Paulina. And we will see you guys here again next week as we wrap up our series on the book titled Called. Y'all, welcome to Crosstalk. We only have, including tonight, we have two more. And that's pretty crazy because y'all are like weeks away from all your finals. And I know that's a lot of chaos, but you're so close. You can make it. Um, And if I haven't met you yet, I'm Paulina. I'm on staff here at Crosstalk and Cypress Creek Church. And I, uh, my family's from Mexico City, but I'm from Austin. And so in high school, when I think about the idea of this series that we've been talking about the last mm, three weeks, um, the idea of called, that automatically puts me back to high school. And it makes me think about being a senior and especially y'all that were, that are freshmen that were recently seniors, maybe you just had this experience. But I know for me, getting ready to go to college or do whatever was next was so much pressure. Like everybody was like, so like, even if it wasn't spiritual, it was like, where are you going to go? What are you going to major? What are you going to do with your whole life? You have to decide that when you're 17 or 18 years old, which isn't true, but that's what it feels like. And then when it came to my youth group, it felt like it was just the same thing, but spiritual. And so the question was like, well, where do you feel called to? I was like tortured myself literally in prayer, just like tossing with like, well, do I go to TCU or Baylor? And I went to neither. But at the time it was like, 
it just God calling me to TCU, and I'm going to miss out on everything if I choose Baylor. Like, if I choose Baylor, my life's just going to tank and be terrible because God wanted me to go to TCU. And what's funny is that it turns out, like, I'm God did not have that. Both doors closed. I had nowhere to go. April of my senior year, I was like, okay, got to go to college because that's just what I had thought. And Texas State still accepted applications until May 1st. So like April, probably this time of the year, honestly, a lot of years ago, I filled out an application, got in, came to Texas State. Um, But that's like immediately what I think of with called. And so maybe that's like a similar thing that y'all feel, whether it was with going to college or it's just with like life or who you're supposed to be with or what are you going to do? Is your major the right major that you're called to or are you doing the wrong thing? Who, what are you called to after college? And it's so much like immediately just makes me want to, for all of us to like take a deep breath and just like let it go and not have all of that burden of as if God's calling is this really specific, like, like a, what's that game? Twister? You know, where it's like right hand on green, you know, and if you put it anywhere else, you lose. But it's not, JD said this the first week, and I always come back to it personally, that God's will for me is not a place I like try to journey to and arrive to, but it's a place we live from. So it's never a place that I'm just trying to get to and check. I made it to God's will. Now, cruise control. Rest of life, easy, because I figured out God's will. But it's really a place that we currently live out of, and then everything else flows from that. And so with this series that we've been on titled Called, the first week, JD talked to us about um, the primary call that we all have. Every, not only believers, but every human has a calling. And it's really simple. It's to love God and to love others. And that's what we are all, not only what God wants from us, but it's what he wants from us because it's what we are created for. We are created to love God and to love others. And then last week, JD talked to us about where we are called and really focused on the idea of living in exiles and that we are living in exiles on earth. We're strangers in a foreign land because this isn't our final landing spot. This isn't, earth isn't the place where we're going to reap all of the treasure and all of our all of the benefits and blessings. But as believers, we know that we're just passing through earth getting to heaven to eternity to be with God forever like we were created to be. And with that, he talked about how we're salt and light. We're supposed to be different. We're not supposed to be like the decaying world. We're supposed to be salt. We're not supposed to be like the dark world. We're supposed to be light. And there's supposed to be that difference. And so tonight, the question that we are going to answer is how are we called? And really, as what I'm excited about with this idea of how are we called is that it reminds me God's heart for us because it's not um, how are we called and here's the list. God's like, okay, do this, do this, do this, you're good. But God is so, his heart for us is so holistic and caring and loving towards us that he wants all of us to be transformed, not just like the little bit that shows up to church and then the rest of it is separate. But God wants everything that we are inside and out to live out his calling for us. And so that's really where we're going to focus tonight. And really the idea of both inside and outside and God wanting us as a whole. And I don't know if y'all grew up with the same 
if you grew up in church, I don't know if you grew up with the same message as I did, but I was thinking about this idea of like both inside and outside and everything that I am belonging to God and living out God's calling. And I realized that for me, the message in church, a healthy message growing up was, um, you know, don't just do the religious checklist. Like don't just do go to church, go to youth group, read your Bible a certain amount of time, take, you know, do community service. Like what I learned was, hey, don't just focus on doing the religious things, do the heart thing. Like have, give all your heart to God. And honestly, that is really valuable. But I think also we can, that can kind of swing us so far that it's like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. It's not about what I do. It's about who I am, like like what is in my heart. And I think we can go too far and think that belief is the evidence of grace in our life. Just belief, not action, not an overflowing, but just the heart that's like, yeah, I believe you, God. And so really, we're going to look at four things tonight about how are we called. And it's a both and, like I've like we've been saying. And so um, instead of, I was trying to get a picture of what this is like. And I think what the picture of what it's not is a seesaw. So like heart on one side, actions on the other. It's not like, hey, focus on the actions and then the heart drops and then focus on the heart and then the actions drop. But it's the picture I get is that it's more like skis. And honestly, I've only been skiing like once or twice. I'm not an expert, but I know that you need both to get down the mountain successfully. And so that's what this is like. We want to go with both heart and action working together in order to be successful, in order to get us forward, living out our calling, making it successful, making it down the mountain successfully. Um, And so just picture if that helps you. That's what I picture, both skis working together. They have to work together um, in order to not die down the mountain. So we're going to look at four both ends. That is how, how we are called. And the first one is that we're called to believe and to follow. What's really convicting to me about this is that when Jesus calls his disciples, he doesn't say, hey, believe me. He says, hey, follow me. And the word says that they left their nets, those that were fishermen, and followed Jesus. So not only did Jesus call them, you know, not just believe, but follow. There was that immediate cost right away, like that immediate, like I'm dropping this identity and livelihood and I'm turning and walking this new way. So we, as we live out our calling, we're called to both believe and follow. We can't just get stuck in the belief. Um, another really, honestly, it's just a convicting verse is James 2.19, I believe. And it says, you believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. And if that doesn't prove to us that there, it isn't enough to just believe that we need to actually let that belief propel us into action, into an action of following. I mean, that's what that says. Even the demons, the demons know exactly who God is. They fear him because they know who he is. And so for us, as we live out our calling, we can't, we have to both believe and follow. We have to let it uh, overflow into every part of our lives. And so to believe and follow, that means both 
a life of faith and a life of action? Do we live out our beliefs or do we just kind of believe and then stop there? And the really convicting question to me, honestly, this week has been, do people know what I believe by the way that I follow? Do people know what I believe by the way that I follow? Because sometimes, because I'm very imperfect, they don't. But that's what we want to do. Those skis is both believe and follow. And so how are we called? That's the first one, believe and follow. The second one is that we're called with both heart and action. Which, so what it means to be, to, to be called by with both heart and action, it means that we have a soft heart and deliberate steps. So we want to be what J.D. talked about last week. He explained the difference, I think that was last week, compassion and empathy and what it means to have a tender heart towards people. We want that. I don't want to just be a robot that checks off community service every month because I have to. I want to have the heart, the soft heart that's tender to the people around me that wants to care, that wants to love people and pour into them. But also we have to take deliberate steps. And even though we can go the action side, uh, we can go the other side too. That's like, well, I care in my heart for Miriam, so I'm caring for her. Versus like actually taking deliberate steps to care for Miriam, to actually show up in her life, not just caring in my heart. We need both a soft heart and deliberate steps. And really, I mean, Jesus modeled this perfectly for us. He did that with people. Every person, it's not like he lined everybody up and for healing and was like, all right, straight line. When I touch you, you're healed, move on. He didn't do that because he's so holistic and he does this. This is He's our example in both heart and action that he cared for people. He wept over his friend dying, knowing that he himself would raise him to life. He still wept because he had a soft heart and also took deliberate steps to care for people. And I think for me, when this clicked in my life, um, I got to actually do a couple mission trips to a town, really a village in a city in Uganda and with a nonprofit that, um, if y'all know Becky Ball, she started, it's called I Choose You. And anyway, we were in Uganda and we were in the village that really is actual mud huts. And we were spending time with some of our kids that live there. And we met this boy. And honestly, I hardly remember the context. Um, but somehow we found out that he, his mom was really sick and was just laying in the dark, no electricity mud hut and was in severe pain. And this little boy had no other person to take care of him. He had no food. And so, um, we, I was with a team, and so really it was one of the other team members that kind of initiated this, but we got him some food. We asked if we could go back to his hut um, in the village and pray over his mom. And we're sitting, I mean, she's laying, and we're just outside of the hut, closed eyes praying. And honestly, I think God just opened my eyes because I just looked up randomly during the prayer, and I saw the little boy sitting by his mom praying with us and eating his bread that we got him. And honestly, that to me is like, 
I'll never forget that image. That is such a snapshot image of what it looks like to have a soft heart and to take deliberate steps. And I was just following my teammate. It's not about what I did, but God just used that to show me the idea of both faith and deeds heart and action working together simultaneously. And that's as we talk about calling and what we're called to be, as we think about how do I love God and love others, it really is so much of it really is this doing both heart, taking both heart and action and taking really practical steps into people's lives, really deliberate steps to show up for people, to provide rides, food, shelter when that's needed, to just be a friend, to show up when no one else will, to have the conversations that people haven't had a chance to have, to show up in people's lives and to have a soft heart. And so as we talk about how we're called, it's believe and follow. It's heart and action. And then the third one is devotion and awareness. And I couldn't decide on the words for this one, but what that means is that in our time with God, We want it to be devoted. And honestly, I think we focus a lot on that of like, I don't know. I feel like we always talk about like, have your devotional time. For me, it really does work for it to be in the mornings because if it's not, I just run through the day and never have that pause to acknowledge that God gave me breath on this day. And I want to honor and I want to honor him and live what he has and see what he sees, not just like fly through my days. And so for me, it works to have it in the morning. And I think we talk about that part a lot. But also what we can do is just have that devotional time and then just run with the day without a constant awareness that God is in every part of our lives. Like he doesn't just stay in my devotional time, but he goes with me through the hard things, the disappointing things throughout the day, the stressful tests, the hundred that you might get on a test when you're celebrating. God celebrates with you. He's not just bound to that devotional time. And so when we're, the reason this is important with calling is because prayer really is the engine to figure out our calling. Prayer is the engine that propels us and helps us figure out kind of For me, it's felt like a trial and error, like praying to God and being like, okay, God, this. And then it's like, God sometimes gives me a clear no. And it's like, okay, well, I'll keep, you know, we'll keep figuring out something else together. And sometimes it's a yes. And sometimes I just need to wait. But prayer is the engine that fuels our calling. And so when it comes to prayer, we want to be people that have both devotional time, like not just, oh, I'll pray all day and you know, not have like a devoted time with God, which honestly is tempting for me because it's like so efficient. I can just do it while I'm driving or walking or in between things. But I want to do that and a devotional, a, a time where I'm devoted to hearing from God, to reading his word, to praying. And so we want to be both with our calling. We want to have devotion and we want to have a constant awareness that God is in our lives. And honestly, that really has changed my life this semester. Really practically, our uh, spiritual formation pastor, Bob Moss, he's really taught me just through his devotionals that to just stop and acknowledge God's presence because I don't have to work him, you know, conjure him and coming to me. He's already with me, but I'm just trying to make my mind aware that God is with me. And just saying that practically in my head has helped, honestly helped me so so much to just say, God, I know that you're here. I don't know where because I'm disappointed or hurt or frustrated or whatever, but I know that you're here. 
So when we talk about our calling, we want to make sure that we have devoted time and constant awareness and that prayer is the engine. And the last one, really, it just summarizes the other ones. And it's that we want to follow God's calling in our lives with both our inner life and outer life. Which really, that's why it just summarizes everything because only God knows truly better than you and me. Only God knows my true, true inner self and my true outer self, my heart, mind, and soul, and my inner self and my actions and strength and my outer self. Only God knows. God knows it better than I do. And what it means for us with our calling is that our inner lives and our outer lives validate each other. Like they each say something about the other. My inner life speaks to what I let in on the outside, like what I'm, who I'm spending time with, what I'm looking at, listening to the inputs. My inner life speaks to that and my outer life speaks to what is going on on the inside. That's why hurt people hurt people. And so they both have something to say about each other. They validate each other. That's why the value of our inner, our emotional self, it matters. Our mental health, it matters. The state of our hearts, the stuff that we're either, you know, even the hard things that we're processing through or the things that we're trying to pretend like they're not there, that stuff comes out. And I try. I'm a good avoider. I try a lot. And it still comes out. It plays out in my outer life. And so when we talk about living out our calling, we want to do it with both our inner selves and our outer selves. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And honestly, it just feels like that wraps up all of this for us. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, like the inside matters. Be transformed, not just do the actions, but also Be transformed so that you can test and approve what God's will is. And that is lived out in action. I can't just sit and try to renew and not live it out in order to figure out God's will, God's calling for me. And with all of this, I think the part that's a weird encouragement, but the part that encourages me the most is that only God does this stuff, like Boski's, only God knows, does heart and action congruently. Only God can do both. I fail all the time. We all do, but God is our example. Jesus has shown us the way and we can follow. We can just because we can't live up to his standard doesn't mean that we can't aspire to be like him, that we should just It doesn't mean that it doesn't matter what we do because, oh, my heart's good. Like, my heart's in check with God, so it doesn't matter what I do. God cares about both. He cares about the inner self, the outer self. He cares that we believe and that we follow, that we go, we live out our calling with heart and action, that we live a life that's filled full of devotion and constant awareness of him. God cares because he has a holistic care for us. And he's just called us to that much. How awesome is that, that we don't serve a God that is just like, check off these boxes and then move on. You can enjoy your life. But he actually desires to be in like all of the intricacies and all of the chaos 
and darkness and disappointment and joy and celebration. God wants to be in all of it, and he wants us to follow, to be as we follow our calling. God wants us to do that holistically with everything that we are. And I just want to end with an encouragement that if you know me, you know that I love analogies. Um, And so I felt like God gave me this picture like a month ago or something. It's pretty new. But I picture the automatic doors at the big HEV. um, And you know how I also just feel like they're intense because they have the air blowing down, you know, so. Anyway, that's what I picture. And I think with our calling, sometimes we first, I think sometimes we prioritize the secondary calls like JD talked to us about. So the primary call remains love God and love others in every season of life, with every, in every year in school, with every classmate, with every friend to love God and love others. And when it comes to those secondary calls, I think sometimes we can stand really far back from the automatic door and almost be like waving at it, trying to get it to open just to check. Cause I don't want to like go at it if it's going to not open or if it's going to open to a place that I don't want it to open to. And so then it feels like we're back here, like, okay, God, well, what, who, where am I going to live five years from now? Or like, what am I for you guys? What am I going to do after college? And I think my God's encouragement to me has been that what I need to do is just take the next step forward with everything that I am, inner and outer life, just take one step and then take another step and another step, another step until, because you can't open the automatic door until you're close enough for it to open, right? I think sometimes we're missing what God has because we're not willing to take the next step in however you're in the ways the lanes that you're called to live your primary call in, I think sometimes we just have to take the next step. We have to trust that when we take the next step, God's going to take care of it. He's going to show us the next step. For me, I literally came to Texas State kicking and screaming. You can ask my parents. This was the last place in the world I wanted to be. So it was a fourth step. Okay, but it was a step. And then I came and then I thought, well, maybe I'll transfer to UT because it's better. And I started meeting this community, Crosstalk, and felt like, okay, well, I'll just stay another year. And little by little, my, my attitude changed. Honestly, I hope that I've gotten better at following taking steps. But I would not, if God would have told me my sophomore year of college, stay at Texas State because you're going to actually not do what you got your degree in and you're going to work for a church and then you're going to buy a house in San Marcos, the place that I thought all it had was an outlet mall. I would have never gotten here had God revealed the whole thing to me. But as we take one step at a time, as I actually decided to invest in San Marcos and in Crosstalk and let people actually into my life and let them live like lived into true community here, that's where things change. And little thing, little step by little step by little step by little step, God got me here and I'm not done. It's not like cruise control. Adulting isn't cruise control. We're just taking more steps and we're just learning better. Okay, God, this is what it sounds like when you're calling me somewhere in my secondary call. And no matter what, no matter what, in all the places, even the places in life that I don't want to be at, 
I want to be rooted in that primary call to love God and to love others. And how we do it is to take those steps with both skis, both with believing and following, both with heart and action, devotion and constant awareness in our whole inner lives and outer lives, and to go with all of it, that it matters what we do, but it matters and it matters also the heart that we have going into it. And God is faithful. He, and like that song said, he is never going to let us down. He's faithful as we just continue to take steps. And I hope that encourages y'all because he's got you. And maybe write down what you think five years from now is going to look like because it is going to be different. But it's, it is 100% going to be better if we just follow what God has every step of the way. Thanks again for tuning in to the Crosstalk Messages podcast. Make sure you are following Crosstalk on social media at Crosstalk underscore TXST. If you have any questions for the Crosstalk team, you can send us a message on those pages. We will see you here again next week.